0: Well, you know what, Aaron? Kick it off, man. <laughs> kick us off. Aaron, what are we here for today? Welcome
1: to Dig In.
0: Yeah, I'm your host, Aaron
1: Cook. I'll be your host, filling in for for Zach, who's come down with the Aussie fever. Yeah, the Aussie fever. Just can't handle the
0: heat. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Dig In, the podcast that lives at the intersection of hospitality and entrepreneurship. Here we will explore the stories of the owners, operators, and curators of America's hottest hospitality concepts, sharing a deeper look at the people delivering excellence from their mind's eye to your taste buds. I'm your host, Zach Woods, and I'm ready to dig in. Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of Dig In. I'm your host, Zach Woods, and today I'm with the man, the myth, the Australian legend, Aaron Cook, <laughs> from Three Seat Espresso originally, yes, and now from Charlie Street. Aaron, say hello to the crowd, let them know a little bit about the, the two locations and uh, what mm. you're doing here.
1: Good morning, everybody. Zach dragged me out for an eight o'clock start this morning, so I'm super happy about and that. And
0: it's
1: 9-10. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we've been... Pissing around for an hour and 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, so Zach, you met me a couple of years back at 3C Espresso in East Village, where you did some of your best work. As a, as
0: a coffee drinker?
1: Yeah, only. That's your limitation. And uh, so that's going to be there for three years come end of October. Yep. I kind of equate it with, with Halloween. I had my first real Halloween in the first week of 3C. And... There just wasn't enough candy in the world to. <laughs> you you went? Did you dress up as an espresso? <laughs> no, I did not. I would
0: never stoop that long. That's akin. That's akin to like you know going a different direction. You don't want to go there.
1: No. Okay. No, I don't want to devalue myself.
0: What, what What did you dress up as, if you recall correctly? Nothing.
1: It was I was working. You were a barista behind, me, behind the counter. Okay. Yeah, Dressed up as just, a barista. So it was me and another Australian guy working and just getting hammered, hammered by by obviously people you've never seen in your life who just want to come and eat candy. So that was a really good initiation to East Village. Uh, the population swelled well beyond what it actually normally is, just in the, the chase of candy. And so yeah, three years. And uh, will be well, it will be three years. And then Charlie Street opened just over a year ago. And we're in Nolita in the studio kitchen right now, which is often used for podcasts. Yeah. Amazing. Part
0: of the concept, we'll dig into that a little bit uh, mm-hmm. to learn a little bit more about how you're, I think, very much so looking to elevate the conversation around food, yeah. coffee. Yeah. Uh, that that comes through very clearly on your web presence, obviously. I think it comes through through you as well, mm-hmm. that you're not just trying to talk about coffee. Mm-hmm. You never have been. Um, that's, that's always been something I think I was drawn to you, our banter connected because I think we both knew we weren't there for the coffee <laughs> which is interesting for a guy that owns now uh, one coffee shop and one half coffee shop, one fast casual
1: concept. Yes yes and well and touching on that you said originally um, originally three seat prior to three seat I was at Bluestone Lane and I opened nine coffee shops/ slash cafes uh, so yeah coffee is very much in the blood so to speak and, and mm-hmm. owning and operating. So now I've taken more of a step back in terms of volume of stores, but you can focus more on things like we're probably going to discuss. Yeah. it's more than just coffee.
0: Have maybe you know while we're while we have the Blue Lane thing so so prominently positioned, I mean, what's something from an operating perspective that you feel like you've really taken into your DNA from Blue Lane and now with Three C Charlie Stone, Street Blue Stone Lane? Bla,
1: Bla, Blue Stone Lane. Yeah, sorry, that's all right. Uh, I think I kind of consider myself a bit of a veteran when it comes to businesses in New York. And and that's not because I've been here for decades and decades. It's more that I've packed in a lot in the time I've been here. So about six and a half years now. And within the first three years, I had nine stores. Crazy. And and then obviously it's been spread out since then. But um, I find myself in a position now where I'm able to impart that knowledge onto other people and and it really came into focus here at Charlie Street because I'm not the day-to-day operations guy, but I am or have been with every other store. Even including three seats.
0: So this yeah. was really
1: like a different, a different mm. scene for Aaron it in is, a way. Yeah, and it's more kind of oversight and mentorship. And one to to go back to your question, one of the things I've learned is Shit's gonna go bad every single day. And it's a matter of when, what, whom, but something will happen. And some things are minor, some things are major. But I've, I've become so kind of battle hardened to it mm. that it just, it, you have to let it go quick. You can't get to emotional or responsive uh, in a negative way. You just gotta get it done. And so, one of my lessons that I'm trying to impart onto the day-to-day operations guy here is just don't let the little things affect you uh, in, a, in a in a bad way that prevents you to then do the next take thing. the next step. Yeah. You gotta pull the next drink. You gotta yeah, do the you yeah. gotta make the next dish. Or you deal gotta deal with the next problem.
0: Right. Or um, deal with the next customer, which yeah. may be a
1: problem. Yeah And time. so if you're caught up in something that it actually doesn't matter if it's minor or major, you're caught up in an issue. That customer who walks in next, they have no idea of that. Right. There's no Unawa- they're completely unaware. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so they're just going to get a bad um, ex- experience with you because you're still carrying That's right. that issue. And so anyway, my I guess my overall thing is just, you just got to deal with it and deal with it as well as you possibly Stay can. Stay as
0: even keel as possible through yep. the bad yep. and celebrate the good.
1: It sounds like I picked up uh, that. Very, very briefly. <laughs> <laughs> like, like small little whoop. And then yep, down, then it's back onto something else. Yeah. So you can get beaten down by sheer volume of things that go wrong. And it could be stuff turning up late, produce not coming in that you ordered. So, yep. so you're out of something when... Someone wants an avocado toast. Oh, sorry, we're out of avocado. How oh, oh, crazy no. does that sound? That that sounds like blasphemy from yeah, an Australian. But you've placed the order yesterday. You expect the delivery to come in before the it's store opens. It's not there. So what do you do? You have to send someone to the store, buy avocados. So then you're down a staff member. So then when more customers come in, they're not getting served properly. And they don't know.
0: that They expect avocado toast and three staff members. As right? you they would expect. Yeah. As and you should expect, yeah, in fact, I would yeah. say.
1: And so then... Even your cost of goods go up because you're buying avocados from a place that costs more money. That's not at wholesale. Yeah, and you're down the staff and you're down the overall experience. So you can just see how things accumulate quite quickly and it's over something so simple. The avocados
0: didn't arrive. Yeah. Our first first stagnant question, something that we keep in every episode that we've done so far, is a segment called Open for Business. And uh, Open for Business, I think for you, can have a... It can have an interesting twist because you've now, as you said, nine establishments with the previous employer, right? When you were yeah. learning how to operate and scale, yeah. 3C espresso three years ago, yeah. and then Charlie Street about a year ago. Yeah. Maybe, you know, tell me what you felt opening business for Charlie Street that was different than opening business for 3C Dispresso. Um How are the... How did that feel different to you? Mm.
1: I think it was very much divide and conquer, whereas uh, at Charlie Street because there's four owners, yep. So we all bring a different skill set, experience to the table, and we're able to allocate tasks accordingly. Uh, whereas three seat was, uh, it was, was just me throw, throw it on my back and and go for it, right? Uh, which was fine because I felt quite equipped to do that after the Bluestone land experience. And so again, kind of touching on that more mentorship uh, role, when it came to Charlie Street, I was able to impart my experience on the guys and say that we can put timeframes in place, expectations around when certain uh, landmarks or milestones will be met as it relates to the build out, as it relates to Getting things signed off by the Department of Building, all all these different um, right. processes, and basically say it's going to take longer than what we think. So we can put a we can put a date on it, but fully expect that date not to get hit. Not through uh, not through lack of effort, but these things just get caught up in timelines. Get hit. Yep, and they drag out. And so if we think it's going to be open for argument's sake, June first. Mentally, I'm saying it's going to be October 1st, uh, right. So August 1st uh, or I'm October adding, 1st, yeah, just adding a buffer. And so, so I think that the experience was, I had very realistic buffers in place that I would tell the guys and I wasn't trying to be captain cynical. Right. You were trying to be captain realistic. Exactly. And captain,
0: I, I think captain set customer expectations because in the end, if you say, Hey guys, Launch of Charlie Street mm-hmm. on September one. Yeah. You build up a lot of anticipation. Mm-hmm. September five rolls around, yeah. and people are like Charlie Street. You know that's a, I Yeah. I think that's a big hit on the brand. That's a big hit on the perception, even if the
1: overall offering and experience is exceptional. Yeah. Um. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And so on that you you would even uh, pull it back and say we expect to open this particular season. So you you don't put a you don't put a month on it.
0: Yeah, okay. Certainly don't put a
1: day in a month, you put a this fall or this summer. For
0: all those restaurateurs out there, you know, <laughs> it's a spring opening. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a winter soft opening.
1: Yeah. Spring that, opening. And right. the, you, you basically give yourself six months. Yeah. It could be a winter soft opening and a winter hard opening. The next year, winter yeah, the next winter. Yeah, exactly. So so that's that's kind of what you would say. You certainly don't set expectations that you're more than likely going to miss. Because then, as you said, you're fielding all these questions about, oh, but you said you're going to be open this day. Wrong kind of
0: attention, right?
1: Yeah, So, so you just kind of loosely say a season, and you wouldn't even say that until you're super confident that you will hit that season. Right. You don't start it from the outset. You don't sign the lease and say, we'll be open next summer. Correct. You don't even do that. And fast forward. Yes.
0: That was all the way a year ago. Divide and conquer. Now this place was just for those that are listening and they haven't come. We we have listeners that are coming in from Germany, Spain, Colombia, all, all over the place. This was a complete new build out, complete mm-hmm. reno, yes. uh, gut renovation. I saw some of the the photos from upstairs, and you're just like, oh my god, you know, it really was like fully wrecked. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, tell me a little bit about that experience. I mean, do you, uh, did did you enjoy, I I know you well enough to know that you you got the hammer at some point and like knocked the wall down, maybe one. I'm trying to remember. I mean, that
1: is definitely, some yeah, Aaron's like, I, I would, would do, do the, that. I would yeah. do that. I'm trying to remember if I actually did. Uh, let's just say for, for argument's sake. You did. I did. I, yeah. did. I, did. I did the whole reno. You, yeah. ba- <laughs> you were basically
0: the Kool-Aid man. Do, do you know the Kool-Aid? I don't even know
1: that reference. Oh, my God. That's, that's too American for me.
0: That is the most American thing. <laughs> I, I, okay, so I'm not going to edit this. this. is hilarious, but uh, the, Dane Cook is like a super big American comedian from the, okay. from the 2000s. And yeah. He, Oh my God, Aaron, like you would love this guy because he's very sarcastic and like very loud and crazy, but he has this bit about the the Kool-Aid man mm-hmm. and how, how odd he felt that it was that the, the children who drank Kool-Aid, you know what Kool-Aid is, right? Yeah. Uh, he, he thought it was very odd that the children who drank Kool-Aid would always celebrate when the Kool-Aid man, who was the mascot of Kool-Aid, was yeah. this giant bowl of punch Kool-Aid. Okay. and his his mo in the commercials was to run through drywall
1: and, I, okay, and to just be, that, and yeah. to just be in your living room,
0: <laughs> yeah. you know. And, and Dane Cook has this bit where he's like, "What the fuck are you doing? My mom's gonna kill me. You know? <laughs> my room is destroyed. Yeah. She gets mad when I leave my underwear on the floor."
1: <laughs> it is totally great bit. Yeah, so I, and I don't think now that you say it, I've seen. The breakthrough, the wall. Yeah, it's game, it's totally. Doesn't iconic. make sense at all. No,
0: but no. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's it's uh-huh. wall breakingly good. I mean, yeah. But I guess that's why, like you know, in good humor is a bit of truth.
1: Mm-hmm. Where it's mm-hmm.
0: like, this is just weird that you're busted into my. Why are we all celebrating this
1: anarchy? I think it's because they're all jacked up on sugar. Uh, yeah, and, <laughs> and they just feel like they can run through walls. I mean, maybe they have. Maybe they yeah. actually did a couple of pilot
0: tests, or yeah. some kid ran through a wall, and they were like, "That's our, that's our thing." Yeah, and it yeah. worked. Put fine. him, put a, put a bowl of punch around this guy. Maybe the spiked
1: Hawaiian punch this guy was drinking. That's, I think. Yeah, it's the adult Kool Aid. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, I don't know if I actually was the Kool Aid guy. I can't recall. But um, spent obviously a lot of time in here during the during the build out. It was an old produce holding or produce holding space. Uh, was never an active retail front.
0: This entire building, both both yeah, top floor as well as So where
1: we're sitting now was a walk-in refrigeration mm-hmm. section. Uh, there was a little office as we walked in, and everything else here was just stuff strewn everywhere. There was no real infrastructure. Uh, and then upstairs was where we're sitting, and you saw the photos of the old old space. That was also a walk-in refrigeration section. These guys were just cold, ice cold, cold, cold cold-hearted cold people. Cold. Star- <laughs> And uh, That was the uh,
0: name of the grocery store, yeah, Interesting I, I think enough. it was,
1: yeah. I wonder why they didn't Did they have produce in the fridges? I, just don't. I, know. I don't know. We weren't here when it was ever active, so Aaron, we, we don't know. Would you ever consider writing a movie with me? I feel like we could write just the most scary... I, I think it's going to go on so many tangents that I don't know if I can keep up. Uh, so, yeah, we did a full renovation of, of, of that space um, and made it an active retail...
0: Active retail on the top floor and to to kind of paint a little picture, right? So a lot of people are listening and not watching. Active retail on the top. Um, Fast casual concept, which we'll get to. I I think this is, uh, it's a very interesting theme. Um, So we're in season two now. I've spoken to a couple of restaurateurs and a couple of hospitality group owners, everybody's interested in and looking at the fast casual concept for their own reasons i think you have a particularly interesting one Mm -hmm. that has more of a health oriented type of angle yeah um and then downstairs we have the test kitchen which we're in which is Mm -hmm. just crazy um chef uh dan is actually doing a podcast and a vlog himself out yes. of this test kitchen, yep. Um, we'll we'll link in the show notes to his stuff. He's got some really good content. Yeah, he does. And and certainly more famous people than myself, or, um, me. or Aaron, yeah. uh, on yeah. the show, which is I great. Think between us, we've got maybe a thousand followers. I think I think we're at <laughs> eight hundred and fifty, but uh, I think we so can... we've lost followers overnight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because because you got to serve your audience, you know, and we were doing a good job of that. Um, but it's 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 totally. It sounds like it's transformed. I mean, from what it was. To now mm. um, another question that we have fresh from the oven I saw a latte art throwdown mm. contest mm-hmm. I know I believe this recently eclipsed or is this happening today tomorrow night. tomorrow night yeah. oh my god mm-hmm. I'm not gonna spin this I can't spin this up so fast <laughs> oh my god but you know speaking of programming in general like things that people would not typically find something that's off the menu where, what are you guys doing here at, uh, at Charlie Street? Tell, tell some folks, like the Latte Art Throwdown, I think is a really interesting one, for example, but maybe there are some other things that you guys have going on
1: programming-wise. Yeah, well, you already touched on it. So Dan's Studio Kitchen, where we are now, uh, his podcast content is around pe- people coming in and that he'll, he and they will cook a dish and they'll talk about food and its importance to their, to their lives. Yep. And, and um, it's wonderful wonderful he's he's got a bunch of um episodes up now and and they'll be interesting people to an extent where they're somewhat celebrities so i think just the general audience loves to get a bit of an insight into into their lives and their food and how they grew up and everything like that so we've had um Adrian Greener from Entourage. I actually watched that episode, so good reference. Yeah, well done. Good. Um,
0: nice. I mean, he's freaking so handsome. It's like you see this guy's picture and you're like, I guess I'll watch that yeah. one.
1: <laughs> Which is a shame. There were some beautiful women, too. I don't know. Hey, well, if you're more interested in him. Yeah, then, listen, um, listen. That's, uh, and So in terms of the women, Naomi Watts, yep, you know, the, yep. the actor, was in here. And uh, I guess that's the easy ones in terms of what people know. But Dan also digs in a little bit further with people more into um, sustainable farming and a lot more lifestyle-driven uh, conquests that they're trying to achieve. So that, that's probably that gives you the best what what gives you the best insight into the messaging that we're trying to do here, which is very much around sustainability, uh, colorful, fresh eating. So one of Dan's catch cries is "color always wins," and so if you're eating color, you're you're definitely eating something that's more nutritionally of value. Uh, and so that's the messaging through the kitchen, uh, the the messaging through the um, through the coffee program is food. Food here is probably the first priority when it comes to what we're trying to do, and coffee is secondary but not in a sense of quality and it's kind of a low-key coffee program but it's world class and something that we're doing tomorrow night to kind of showcase that is a latte art competition and that's just something for the community and the, i guess the local community but also the barista coffee community community yeah. where they can come in and compete so for example you and i would pull our shots of espresso and i would make it and i would make
0: a blob. Uh,
1: sure. Yeah, that—that's that, <laughs> what. And, I... and you won't progress to the next round. <laughs> uh, You're out, <laughs> and you would be fired. Yeah. So we we basically go head to head, but we wow. Yeah, so this is
0: celebrity death match pretty, espresso pretty, edition. Pretty
1: much. You might start with maybe twenty competitors, and you just randomly go head to head with somebody else who's in that um in that group. Okay. And and there you can do it different ways. It could be a because latte aren't dice. Right? You're no, that's, kidding a, that's, a, me. A, that's a thing. Do
0: you own these? I do not.
1: Shit. <laughs> I do not. And and so you would roll it and then whatever comes up, you and I go head to head to try to make that. Okay. Then when we finish, we put it up and there's three judges and they point to
0: the winner. the winner. Now do they do they have to point do they have to point on cue?
1: It's it's one of those one, two
0: point. It's essentially Rochambeau.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Rock, paper, scissors. Opposed, yeah, so there's no um, persuasive. Right, everybody yeah. shoots at the same time. Yeah, and, and so anyway, it whittles itself down until you have two, the last two standing, and they'll do something. And whoever wins gets a bunch of prizes. I was going to say, is it,
0: is it street cred, like a, I think a picture a little, with Aaron? I
1: think there's a little bit of street cred. Uh, it's certainly not going to make or break you as a barista right but it's a bit of fun but also oh yeah you know that person's um got some can skill do it. yeah it doesn't make, mean that they're a good barista and that's total other conversation which exactly. i'm happy to explore but um they can definitely control their milk pour under pressure and get some really nice latte art uh, and that's pretty cool uh some things that i might throw in there which you have seen me do is... Um, I've loved this. I, I,
0: I know what you're gonna say, but I totally, absolutely please. Something well,
1: there's, there's two things I've got. If I have any tricks at all, I've only got two. And I'll just keep using them.
0: Listen, um, I'm, I, and
1: I've been tricked. I've basically been tricked four times as I've been here. <laughs> they
0: work on me every time.
1: Uh, so I I do what's called an inverted latte. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not so much a barista skill, as in I could easily train you how to do it but if you you turn up and you're doing a latte art competition the last thing that you're going to expect to have to do is have a, a latte and an empty cup and then pour the latte inverted and keep the same latte art it's a physics head fuck i'm okay
0: I, my mind is actually on the table Yeah, blown.
1: Uh, I'm not surprised. No, Uh, no, because when you see it, you think, "How the hell can you do that?" But it's one of those things that I saw one of my bristers doing a couple months back, and I didn't pay much mind to it. And then about a week later, I thought, "Oh that she was doing that turn, that flip thing, whatever." And I I practiced it a couple times. I went, "Okay, I can see how this works. I don't understand the physics, but I can see what works and what." You're more of a tactile learner, not a cerebral. I'm, I'm, there's nothing cerebral about me at all. And uh, I think on the fourth or fifth time, I actually got it. And, and awesome. so since then, I've kind of tweaked it. And there's a couple of things that, that are important to, to do it correctly. I might throw that in to the competition.
0: As like a bonus prize, if they can land
1: it? I'm not sure how I'm going to do it. Um, if it's bonus or if it's just that's what you're doing. That's, right? your, that's, your, yeah, that, listen. that's your roll of the dice. That's what comes up, so to speak. And it's it's an inverted latte. You could just put your face on the die. Who's bringing the die? I need to get into (laughs) who has these dice. So actually, I checked on Amazon for the dice. (laughs) Deliveries delayed. I I couldn't find any. Like the damn avocados. I couldn't find any. So I think what I'm going to have to do is you can get an app on your phone with with dice. And and hit it. And and I think I'll just assign a particular design. To the number on the dice. And so then I'll just hit the dice, and that's. Okay.
0: Who said you're not it's, cerebral? It's a, it's a man. workaround.
1: I'm a good workarounder.
0: That's, that's cerebral.
1: <laughs> that's cerebral. It is. Uh, and so there's that. And then the other thing is, um, I think I was, I won't say bored, but understimulated a few months ago. In, I was just in the cafe and thought, what's something else that I can do that's kind of tricky or, or whatever? And I thought, I'm going to try and make a coffee blindfolded. Or oh, pour, a, pour a latte. Pour a latte. Yeah. Okay. So so you pull this shot of espresso, steam the milk, had someone put a towel around my eyes, eyes. so I couldn't see. And then I poured it and I was able to achieve some it pretty was decent. Latte. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess
0: you're, I, I, I mean, even, you know, obviously I've been drinking, uh, I, I would say drinking bougie, bougie espresso drinks for mm. like five or six years now and just watching Ty upstairs yeah. do some pours. I mean, yeah. it's it's very close, right? Like the proximity of yeah. the hand. So you could yeah. probably like use the pinky to sort of guide yourself or you did this totally free hand. I, did you use your hand for reference, I guess is what I'm saying.
1: I think, no, what I, what I did was more before I put the blindfold on, I had my hands in position. So it's not like I started out here right. and then had to bring it in. To what you said, yes, I would have had to have felt for the cup and and everything, but I kind of started close and then I was able to do that. But I guess with the weight of the ceramic cup, it's hard to really get that feel of how full it is or it's not. We rely so much on our eyes when we're doing latte art. Sure, we rely on our hands and our tactile sensations, but the weight of a cup, it's hard to measure. Because it's a heavier cup. In case yeah.
0: anyone's struggling to visualize this, um, watch an episode of Cops. And when they close their eyes and try to touch their nose, <laughs> that's that's essentially what we're describing here. It's the latte art version of drunk driving. You know,
1: Somewhat, yeah. yeah. You're, you're not, not a bad uh, analogy. Right. You're so cerebral. Linking it. And, Linking um, it all up together over yeah, here. Yeah, so anyone anyway, might throw that in as well. As I in, love that. Guys, you have to pour a love heart blindfolded. I love that. So I, I, I think
0: so. You have this programming element. Latte Art Throwdown is just an example. I think it's just an example. But you've actually started something recently, and, and you know, we, I wouldn't say fell out of touch, but you know, Brooklyn to Manhattan is like you, you basically live across the River Jordan from one another. Um, but when I, when I went back on Facebook, interestingly enough, to announce that I was really launching the podcast officially, starting to push episodes out. We've got a lot in the batch. I saw that you had begun doing something really interesting and really cool that it really spoke to me. It spoke to you know the whole reason I'm doing this show is that I think there is something deeper and something bigger than just come in, consume your nice latte, consume your nice fresh salad bowl or your nice grain bowl. You've been teaching the community about this. No programming needed, right? Just saying, hey, this is what a cortado is. Yeah. This is how you. This is why this matters. Tell me a little bit about what what prompted you to have that epiphany. You've been in the game for a long time, Mm. and now you had this epiphany where you were like, "Hey, why am I not educating people about this?" And I I really have to commend you. It's awesome. I'll link one of those in the bio as well, so people just can see you physically because it's uh, not a bad look, and just see the work that
1: you're doing. It's awesome. Tell me a little Mm. bit about the inspiration. Thanks. Yeah. So, I like everyone have an Instagram handle. And I would say for a couple of years, it was really underutilized. And probably in the last year or so, I started using it more, not as to push myself personally, but try to establish my position within the hospitality world, the coffee world more so, and, show, and just showcase various things. Now, I'm a very sarcastic son of a bitch, as you know. Which I love. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know if I've ever met someone I just love to banter
0: with more. But yes, I do know. So,
1: so I would put up a lot of sassy, sarcastic stuff that would, would could relate to just something I'm doing not related to coffee. Right. Something I'm doing in the coffee shop. Just sassy in general. Yeah. And, and I guess it's a personality behind a business. And I'd never really harnessed the power of that until about a year ago. And I, I thought the content was just mostly funny, but I wasn't looking to grow with the account. Um, it kind of crossed over. So this is my personal account, but it also crossed over well with three-seat espresso. So they go hand in hand. I, I do both accounts. So the, the tonality between them has is, a big overlap very similar. Yeah, and if you're looking at one, you might be looking at the other. So I saw it as a business tool. More it, than is, anything, it is. It right? is. I think so. And, and um, what you what you've touched on is is a kind of a second version of of that. So about probably four weeks ago, yeah. So ex- extremely recently. Yeah. So um, the
0: timing was crazy. I mean, mm. I I noticed that it was something very new, mm. um, and I think that was actually where I reached out and said, "Hey, you know, I, I've thought about you. You didn't know that. I thought about." hey, this is a perfect guy, hospitality, Mm. entrepreneur, Mm. personality, driven, motivated from another place. Why are you doing this? Mm. And then lo and behold, you're digging in and getting into new parts of your angle, whether that's the Aaron angle or three seat espresso coffee programs in general. I thought that was really too good of timing to be true. And I had to reach out.
1: Yeah. So it was a, a refocus of that handle was not it wasn't just personal it wasn't business or coffee it's just become coffee and or coffee cafes food and bev and i'll just kind of flesh that out as i go but it was the the impetus um what you asked about was i just started getting a lot of people saying hey when i think coffee i I think about you and you know you you're kind of dark (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> bitter yeah <laughs> sort of sour taste. Yeah. and also you're drinking the wrong coffee and um, so so it was kind of i had i just had this run of people saying you know your, your content's really good and i think about you when i think about coffee and if i have a question about something i will reach out to you and and maybe you should they encourage me to perhaps making it more clear on my Instagram handle that, hey, I know what the fuck I'm talking. Yeah, about. what am I about? And so just I think it was a Sunday, maybe two or three weeks ago, I flipped, I, I re- renamed that handle, pushed my personal to the side and just create another handle. And, and now the Aaron Cook coffee is specifically around, as I said, coffee, cafes, food and beverages, observations, I've had learnings, insights, education. And I haven't really mapped out exactly the the cadence of of the of the page. But I want to do something educational once or twice a week, I want to show pouring of latte art, but not just for the sake of it, not just for the beauty. Yeah, which ironically, is another reason I did this because when when I was encouraged to push my platform, I did some research and no one's really doing that mate it's there's a guy and i'll probably get in trouble for this he's got half a million followers and all he does it's is poor. just pour copies yeah listen and it's i nearly vomited when i saw the the content and that's not taking away his no skill respect it's not taking respect. away his knowledge yeah but it's just not engaging it's yeah. not you're not going to watch that and walk away and go I've got a better insight into how you operate a cafe. I've got a better insight how you actually pour that latte. That's right. There's just nothing. And um, so there was. there's that side and that, that was just him pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring. And then you had other people who are exceptionally talented at latte art. And you just had close-ups of them pouring. And it's, it's sexy. It's awesome. You never even see their face. Yeah, you know. don't hear anything. You don't hear their voice. You don't see their face. You, and again, you walk away not knowing anything yeah. about how to do that. Just, be-
0: just beauty. Just aesthetic yeah. beauty. Sure. And,
1: and so then I thought, let's, I, I'm not an expert in latte art. And but I, never, I know and a I lot about coffee. and I can do reasonable cafes. latte art, but I don't need to be an expert at it. I'm trying to bridge that gap. Yeah, of, education. This is what you actually mm-hmm. uh, end up with but this is how you start it and these are the steps along the way. And that relates to opening a store, it relates to making a coffee, it relates to a food a food program, like why would you put that food program in place? It, it relates to uh, training baristas. So there's there's so much content that I can talk about yeah. because of I can harness my experience. That's right. And so that's where the encouragement came was, Aaron, you can speak in front of a camera, you're not that old yet, you're nearly there. Yeah. Uh, you know how to make coffee, you've run all these stores, perhaps um, push that on the platform. And and, and I, I feel really good about it. And there's so many benefits that come from it, such as if it brings attention to Charlie Street, for people to come Amazing. in for a coffee, exactly. awesome. If it brings attention to Three Seat, for people to come in and get a coffee, awesome. Uh, if, the if it creates out, general awareness yeah. around better yeah. coffee, Awesome, and that's and that's a big one, and that's going to be a little bit harder to measure. Sure, um, I want people to understand why we do bougie coffee, to use your words, and why why that's important relative to the shit that you can get at a deli. Yeah, okay, and and it's it's making people giving them the information to have an informed choice, as opposed to just brain dead going to the same place and not understanding why. Um, I put something up yesterday about the benefits of caffeine, but instead of it being trolls and trolls and trolls of just information that people don't read, it was one thing.
0: Yeah, one one yeah. quick hitter. Yeah, I think it's it, it's this interesting balance on uh, sort of the confluence of media and the food and bev space. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I I grew up literally from a baby boy watching the Food Network, and I never knew that... That could be a thing, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I loved Emerald Lagasse. I mean, bam! One, it's my personality now. So, yeah. like, Emerald, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but but I I think we've really reached a place where, to your point, right the the focus has been what is the image? What does the image of my food look like? Mm. What are the smiling faces of the people in the restaurant look like? Um, the latte art pour. And I I can only say, I mean, it, it's totally, it's great when I, I get to do one of these and I feel like um, the person I'm talking to has had what I will selfishly call like a dig in moment. Um, that's what this whole thing is about. Yeah. That's what this whole thing is about is let's dig in a little deeper. Uh, unfortunately, I think we We've sort of put ourselves in this position where the, the latte artist gets half a million viewers. Well, if there are not people that can tell a deeper, broader story, well, you know, people are tuning in. They're there. Yeah. So it's up to you yeah. to create the – it's up to you. And, and I think, you know, I, I had that moment too where I said, look, I think there's more to, there's more to Charlie Street or to Three Seat Espresso or, or to you know, some Michelin star restaurant than just the food on the plate and the execution of the foam on top of your fish or the foam on top of your cappuccino. It's where did this stuff come from? Why is it here? Why is this person here? Mm. Uh, and, and I think those are the types of stories that I love. Those are the types of stories that I, I believe in. Uh, and I really am taking a bet. I mean, I'm here doing this. I'm taking a bet that I think people want those type of stories. Yeah. Uh, and I think that this is a hundred percent the ethos of what it sounds like you're doing, but I, I love, and I think that you and I maybe both have had this moment, which is interesting. I think you and I may both tend to lean on the side of sarcasm mm-hmm. and, and maybe be derogatory toward, Hey, this shit latte art account, rather than taking the onus on ourselves to say, Hey, you know what? Like, Good for that person. They've shown me the way.
1: Yeah. And yeah. now
0: I'll just say, this is the story that I want to tell. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that has been a big shift in my mentality. I can feel like a shift in your mentality mm-hmm. in a way where you said, look, I really want to tell just the good story that I believe in. Yeah. No diss to that person. No,
1: no diss and at all. And that's a,
0: yeah. and that's a really strong, I think that comes from a place. You got a lot more gas in the tank with that narrative mm-hmm.
1: than you do the other. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They're reference points like that. That account is a reference point, and and in a really positive way, it goes. There is an audience who want that kind of content. Exactly. So which would be in reverse. If there was no audience there, then we probably wouldn't be doing this. what we're doing. Yeah, that's so, right. And as you said, we're we're trying to tell our own narrative, our own stories around it. We use that other account as a reference point. Great but let's pivot a little bit. And you're right, we're kind of hedging our bets that we think that people want to listen or see us versus those other bigger accounts. That's right. uh, But it's I think we're real. It's the sarcasm is coming from a place of experience and (laughs) being there done that seen seen that fall apart. And so now you look at things a little bit differently, and you, you approach situations differently. But overall, um, I think our stories are better than just that facade. That's right. That's right.
0: I, I, I believe that. I believe that to be true. I'm I really feel happy for you to have had that moment, you know, mm-hmm. and I help selfishly happy for myself yeah. to have had that moment yeah. because there's there's a lot more there's a lot more gas in the tank is the best way I, I, I can say it. There's a mm-hmm. lot more gas in the tank when you're coming from a place of positivity. Then there is yeah. a place of that. Ne- There's just yeah. a lot more in there, yeah. and sometimes when you can be really funny, and you can make people laugh, you forget that. Yes. Because you, we sort of get this fuel from other people laughing and the anecdotes, and we forget like, what do I feel like? Mm. How do I feel?
1: Yeah, yeah. Not well, how do I make others feel? That's right. And on that, I've, I was just saying to my girlfriend last night. Uh, a lot of people I've just bumped into and including yourself in terms of you bumped, we bumped into each other on, on Facebook, I've had so much positive feedback about the content. And this is unsolicited. So oh, it's been I'll, tremendous. I'll, I'll just see somebody um, and I hadn't seen them for a while and I'll just comment just totally unsolicited. Oh, I love the content that you're putting up. Uh, and so to keep hearing that validates you and it makes us feel that we are on the right path at least. You You are. You are. I can tell
0: you. You are. It, it's uh, it's a great light that you're shining, Manny. You have a uh, you have this awesome charisma. I mean, I've known it from the first day I met you. I think that's why we banter so mm. much because we we probably know that each other can take it. Yes. Because our egos are thick <laughs> enough to handle it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been this interesting unspoken. I get it. You know, I get the ego. It's two bulls. Yeah. Realized. Just butting heads. You know, but it's. I, I think you know we've always had this kind of. Uh, this sort of respect for one another in, a, in an interesting way, and I, I really appreciate. It. And I can just confirm that that moment is going to. I think that moment for you, man, is going to be a big moment that you decided. You know what? I'm going to start just putting out the good and telling the story that I want to tell. Yeah. Um, Charlie Street is a is is a part of that too, right? I feel yeah, like absolutely. this this angle, and it it really splashes you when you uh, when you just look at the website. It's like more colorful food, to Dan's point, more colorful food is a better bet for your health. Um, maybe thinking about this notion of more colorful food, Charlie Street, fast casual, we we sort of alluded to this. Oh, this is when we take yeah, our glasses, glasses off. off. Yeah. Okay, glasses off. We had our glasses on, now we're taking them off. Wait, that's a glass <laughs> hitting the ground. Um, fast casual, you know, this is, uh, I, I don't want to take it too much into the land of restaurant business models but uh, you know there's a guy named Danny Meyer who you, you may know who opened a pretty popular fast casual place um, who interestingly enough and a lot of people don't know this that uh, after uh, after he did the first burger location and you yep. know that ended up being a massive thing IPOing yep. that he is also now an investor in sweet green
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, which is uh, another fast casual blow-up spot Um, Tell me a little bit about how this inspiration of Fast Casual came to you and maybe the vision for your take on Fast Casual and the combination of Fast Casual with
1: healthful, colourful food. Yeah, I mean, Fast Casual is not a new concept. uh, And to reference Sweetgreen, as you did, is a perfect example of of Fast Casual. Uh, We had started brainstorming this probably about three years ago uh, and used... As reference points, dig in, sweet grain. Um, the other dig in the other yeah. dig yeah. I'd like to say. Two ends. Yes. Exactly. Now
0: now known as dig. I don't know if you saw that.
1: No. Yeah.
0: Now now dig officially. No liability for me. I'm good. The owner.
1: Adam, I think. Is it did a podcast here with Dan.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. The
1: founder owner. Yeah. yeah. And they were talking about sustainable farming.
0: Yeah. Um, that was part of the pivot from dig in to dig. Yeah, part think, of the whole get, whole bit, but yeah. nonetheless, we digress. Absolutely, yeah. we digress. We do that a lot. Wait, why not? <laughs> we may as well
1: dig in. The di- digression di- show. Digress in, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so that were good reference points, Carver as well. And obviously with Dan's background in cooking, he brought a, an element of that colorful, fresh, healthy food that you can kind of whip up quickly. Mm-hmm. And I brought the coffee cafe operational side of it. and Initially, we were looking at doing a a quick service concept uh, in Midtown because that seems to align better that model of food quickly on the go. People come in
0: ten minutes. I mean, the general framework of fast casual. People walk yeah. in the door that don't have access to a sweet green. People do have access to a Chipotle. Yes. that's probably uh it, it's certainly not one that i, I think chef dan or no, uh or no. any other founder would would want to model necessarily their sourcing practices <laughs> or their cuisine <laughs> off of but fast casual concept think uh think yes. chipotle i think yes. qdoba is one that is far more accessible um kava is one that's really blowing up that probably is becoming a little bit more ubiquitous for the the common consumer but sweet green dig in chopped salad yeah in. right yeah. these are these are more big city yeah um yeah. H- yeah. higher income yeah. type of concepts and right big now big city
1: because of the population yeah
0: the density yeah. and i think to allude, to connect back to the point that i
1: think you were going to make is yeah like a, so so we thought more midtown and and areas in which you can't have that well, you don't have access to the sweet greens and the shop salads etc uh and the difference with us is those places don't have a coffee program, and so we wanted to bring our two worlds together. Uh, again, food being the number it's one primary the leader, yeah. Because if you can sell a thousand coffees a day, but you're not going, your revenue is not going to be that great. You sell a thousand bowls or toasts. It's a lot different. Better. A lot yeah. different. Uh, so we tried that area initially. We couldn't land a location which which we felt worked. So this location that we're in now in Olita came up. It's not re- we tried to do a quick service in a not quick service area now. Yeah. So it hasn't really proven the model for us. Right now we're looking for a lo- another location in Midtown, and this will become more of a cafe. Okay, so that
0: this will continue to be the flagship, yep. so to speak. Yep. Um Now, do you see that? And this is dreaming. We're painting a picture now. Three years from now, are there Charlie Streets in the boroughs of Manhattan? Are there Charlie Streets in other cities, for example? Yeah. Uh, I think you you interestingly enough have the playbook, yeah. right, from your previous experience. Um, yeah, just help me understand. Maybe maybe there's not, and I'm asking, but the answer is yeah. like no. no gonna... So
1: so we are very deliberate to uh, to stra- strategize the the raising of funds for multiple locations. So currently we're in, we're raising for the second location, and as I said, that will be in more of a midtown, if if not midtown, maybe far Yeah. But same same.
0: Somewhere with density and a
1: working population, yep. office. You need office buildings yes. around. That's right. Yeah. So that we'll do that. Other boroughs, definitely Manhattan. Uh, haven't really spoken about Brooklyn yet, but similar principle. Yes, we, we would love to go to um, Chicago or in LA. Um, again, it has. It's a very broad statement. It might be certain streets within those cities that work. That would be a fit yeah. for what and, you're trying to do. And outside of those streets, it might not work. So right. we have to be very deliberate in that. So, so why this? Um, we don't feel anyone's doing quick service uh, in the way that we want to do it. So where where else can you get? And an avocado toast with vegan chorizo and poached eggs and be in and out in five minutes. You can't. You sure yeah. you can go get a bowl? You can yep. get a bowl with lettuce and kale and that kind of thing. Pre-made. <laughs> yeah. Sitting <laughs> or, in a, I yeah. mean, and it doesn't even have to be pre-made. Like sweet green, crush it right like there from the time you get in the line to you walk out the door and you get that salad made in yeah. front of Which you. Which the
0: line may be a hundred people deep so, and yeah. they still turn yep. the heads. They do. So in, I mean, yeah. they're they're. Yep. I mean really props to props to sweet green from an operational standpoint yep. I mean these people are putting out a very high quality product yep. and a very fast like the metrics of the business are just stellar yeah I mean which is why Danny Meyer's investing them I
1: guess. way to go Danny shouts to you <laughs> Always ahead of the curve <laughs> and so yeah I mean and that's fresh but um, I don't think. Anyone's brought that kind of avocado open-faced toasts, mm. so it's not just avo- avocado toast we do, but we do other open-faced toasts seasonally, and then you've got the bowls as well, and then you've got the coffee, and... which is it definitely
0: is an element that is missing yeah. from. And there's this element of I, if I if I can take a liberty, I think there's this connection that has to happen with you and the barista or you and the person taking your order at a coffee place Mm -hmm. that typically does not feel it feels way more transactional without the coffee there something i don't know it's like the Lama zirko machine just kind of has this like center of gravity that (laughs) makes the customer feel like slightly more cared about
1: yeah i i don't know i'm sort of being poetic now but well it's a bit of a quality badge isn't it if you've got that there you're probably halfway to making a good coffee because right. you know what you know what equipment to put in place. Yeah, uh, I, I would say there's there's also the Australian element to it, and in terms of you, when you package up what we're doing, we're doing quick service, fast casual. We're adding an element of beverages that you don't get at other places, mm-hmm. and then the top top layer is Australian, and we we've never really pushed that. So when when we first opened. You don't see anything written that we produce, at least, to say we're an Australian fast. What are you talking about? I saw all these Australian flags all over the place (laughs) upstairs. Over over my dead body. (laughs) Uh, So we've never really pushed that, but I think it's a wonderful uh, narrative that just runs through our business in that people identify the business as being Australian, but we're not beating them over the head saying, come into this Australian fast right. casual concept. Exactly. It's just the fast casual concept
0: with delicious nutritious food, yep. a great coffee program, yep. and oh by the way, some Australians. The, and The four founders are Australian. What what is the what what if you had to pick a, you know, a, a thing, what is the thing that makes this Australian for you? Mm-hmm. What what feels Australian about it other than the four founders? Is there something that one
1: might come in and maybe it would be a little more hidden? but that feels Australian yeah, I, to you. I think the design and color color palette of the space, uh, I've heard people say it feels very LA, but which is a compliment because- is a bunch of posers, it's really Australian. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Okay, okay. we'll we just say that. <laughs> I mean, listen
0: guys, surfing, you think you were the first?
1: The Australians uh, surfed to
0: LA. Yeah.
1: <laughs> just yeah, full, yeah. full yeah. Pacific Ocean. Yeah, what have you guys done recently? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, the LA uh, comparisons good because Bondi Beach, Sydney beaches, it's that same kind of airy, lighter color, like the light timbers. Uh, it's that beachy, beach meets city kind of vibe. And, and so I would say that that is a quintessential Australian design and color, yep. particularly on, on the beach or the coastline. Uh, the coffee program, yeah, is, 100%. Is, is, is it Australian? I've
0: never been. I've never been. My girlfriend did, did a little bit of time in Australia in the past, and she, she was originally introduced to Three Seat Espresso by me. I lived yeah. in the East Village, yeah. and she actually remembered when I told her I was going to talk to Aaron Mm-hmm. I, I said, you know, Aaron from Three Seat Espresso, and she's like, "Oh, the the Australian coffee bar." And I don't know if I ever told her that, like, you know, maybe she met you and mm. was like, "Oh, dazzle." I don't know, <laughs> it, whatever. Um, uh, but yeah, I think that that theme runs through whatever it is that you're doing. People that have been to Australia know it. Yes, right, they know it. Yes, they know it. And I think she knew. I don't. I don't think I. It's certainly not advertised in Three Seat. Mm. It's not advertised here. Mm. But whatever that je ne sais quoi is, she noticed it. And I think other people feel it as
1: well. Yep. And whether you notice it or not, uh, and you did this morning, there's a lot of Australian customers. Yep. And so what's more Australian than an Australian barista talking to an Australian customer over the top of an espresso machine? And you you, you would feel... If there crazy. was a kangaroo, <laughs> I, I don't well, know. Well, they are out the back. But, <laughs> okay. Uh, but... What's more quintessential than that? And you'd probably feel that you're transported to another place. You kind of second guess, am am I in Manhattan or am I at some Australian coffee shop? Uh, Because we naturally pull Australian consumers or customers in. Just because because they feel welcome. Because it's a known element. So rightfully or wrongfully. So I'm not saying that this is the way it should be, but this is the way it is. An Australian who's on on a trip over here, or they live here, they're not here to experience Australia. But coffee is so powerful. It's that connecting yeah. dot between the places. that you, you They'll come over here and they'll go, yeah, let's go and do Statue of Liberty tour. Let's go and do Chelsea Market. Let's go check out the Hudson Yard. And a coffee bar. But before you know it, it's like Australian coffee, let's go. Right, Ellis Island later. Yeah, and then they'll come in every single day because that is such a ritualistic routine that Australians have. And Australians go out of their way to get the best coffee they can. It's not so much around convenience like it is here. It's more, I'll seek it out and I have to walk an extra five minutes, I will do that. Yeah, because they know how to walk. First of all, they know how to walk and drink coffee at the same time. Talent. I know, it's incredible. talent. Uh, So... So I think there's, to go back to that Australian thing, the patronage is often Australian at these Australian locations or Australian-owned locations. Right. Um, that they, they see, I, I had two Australians walk by on Saturday. I was making coffee. They stopped out front because our A-frame, I think, says something about Australian-style uh, coffee. Okay. And all that means is, flat whites and and there's quintessential australian things but for them it was like an endorsement already australian style coffee they come in australian brewster, they're done it's done and they're back they just pass out
0: (laughs) just (laughs) walk in and (laughs) flop over you got a little little nap card in the (laughs)
1: back for them all right that's exactly
0: what happens yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. i i'm gonna i'm gonna add we brought a new element into season two okay the speed round Yeah, I know. You're nervous. I didn't tell you anything about it. So he's got glasses glasses on on. glasses (laughs) on for sure. For sure. All right. You're you're a big coffee program guy. You're a barista. You're a big advocate for the stories. We're going to get super simple. I'm going to name some coffee drinks. Yeah. Right. And you're just going to tell me, you know, you pick what you tell me. Uh, Give me give me like. A person that orders that drink. Uh The quintessential person that orders the drink that I say. Uh And I got to start easy on the first one. The iced latte.
1: Someone who can't handle a cold brew.
0: I love it. I love it. The, The espresso.
1: A purist. The cortado. Someone with more of a niche understanding. What do you order again? Cortada. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> nuance would be the word. Uh, flat white. There's two, two people, two types of people here. We'll allow it. Okay. There's, there's the people who know what a flat white is and they, they just order it because that's their go-to drink. And then there's the people who've recently discovered a flat white and they walk in pretending that they know what the drink is and you can see straight through. It. <laughs> A, a, an impersonator. Pretty much. Okay, yeah. an wanna, impersonator. I want to be cool because I've just heard about it. It's the
0: guy that orders like the shaken, not stirred martini. Yeah. Because they heard it on James Bond, yeah. but yeah. they've never drank and, vodka.
1: And then they get it and they're like, oh, is that a flat one <laughs> Two more. Yeah.
0: The drip coffee. Mm. A nice drip, you know, one that you would serve yeah. a drip
1: coffee. I, I, so I'm a massive fan of this so I would say the connoisseur because if they really appreciate it I think a drip a, a great drip coffee for me wins every time more so than an espresso I, I I
0: it's it's his damn speed round but I can't resist you the flavor profile of a drip coffee if it's well done is it, it's better yep. it just is better yep. last one and this one's like the drum roll the red eye
1: I mean, yeah, Uh, a bad person. (laughs) It's because they probably did something the night before or the morning of that has put them in a position to require effectively an IV of caffeine. (laughs) And I love their work. I love what they do. (laughs) I want to know the story. And I appreciate them. I'll hold them there as they're falling asleep to ask them what they did. I, I I I I total flyer, take it or
0: leave it, do whatever you want. I mean, you should honest to God offer a discount. Just promo <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: red eye confessions. <laughs> yes. And and if you will record your red eye confession on my Instagram page, mm-hmm. you get a you get like a half price coffee. Oh I'll give it to the I mean free. that would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> the, the red eye confessions. I'm like, that is a freaking show. That's a freak coffee. Okay, that is a show. That yeah, is a show. I'll try
1: to remember that next time it comes up. Not that many people
0: will order red eyes, but I'm what you have to incent them, right? You gotta just give them a, You put a sign up that says free coffee. <laughs> there's this guy. There's this guy in Greenville. He's like Doctor Cipriani, who who's a chiropractor, mm-hmm. and evidently this guy, if if you will record a video of him doing the cracks, he gives you half price on okay. your adjustment. Wow. Because he knows the power of the yeah, media. Yeah. He kn- you you said earlier content. His, well, that's
1: his marketing. That's
0: his thing, right? Yeah. How do I market? Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, yeah. do
1: Cortado Confessions,
0: whatever you want to call it. I mean, but there's there's some language
1: there that you could use. That there uh, certainly is. I mean, I've got a lot of a lot on my plate at the moment. with content don't, don't, don't overwhelm could, me if I can add that, then I will. And then everyone's going to order the same drinks for discounts and then I'm out of business. So, yeah, cool. Shit. <laughs> last, last
0: section yep. before we wrap. We, we've added this as well for season two and it's called The Curator's Plate. Um, something that I'm really passionate about and, and I believe that the the people that really care about the locations that they go to as well as the locations that they create Um there tends to be a high overlap. If you care about the place you created, you typically care about the places that you go and patron mm. yourself. Yeah. Um, what are three places in New York that Aaron Cook goes to eat, goes to drink coffee, goes to have a wine? Mm. Um, yeah, if you if you have a particular reason for going there, happy to share. Yeah. Um, but yeah. three places that you're like, man, check this,
1: this and this out. Okay, for, for food to eat, I go to Thursday Kitchen, which oh, is an yeah. East Village staple. Uh, staple. Now they've been around for about three years, just over three years. And, and it's Korean uh, Korean food, Americanized Korean. Um, on 9th Street. On I 9th actually street. know the street. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. And, and that is my go-to. And if I'm not going there, I'm advocating other people to go there because I rate it that highly. Uh, I've sent two to guys who are over from Perth Staying in DC, doing a four-week course. Uh, they're doctors, and they're doing um, a course to upskill. And I sent them there on Saturday night, and oh, they wow. love. They love. It. So, it's it's fantastic. It's yeah. fantastic. And so that that's my number one food spot. Cool. Uh, my number one go for a drink would be Mr. Paradise, which is. Um, it's not because of the name. <laughs> I, I, I hope I hope the sound on this ooh, is good. <laughs> just do it again louder, just in yeah, case. No. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so Mr. Paradise is a bar um, that opened on 1st Avenue and I think 6th Street, 5th, 6th. And it's it's a cocktail bar first and foremost, but I'm not really a cocktail guy. I'm more of a beer drinker. The guy who opened it, there's a few owners, but the, the guy who opened it, Will, Used to work at uh, Loverboy, which again is an uh, awesome. Interesting I'm noticing a
0: thing <laughs> here, Aaron.
1: Yeah, it's an East Village yeah. classic or Alphabet yeah. City yeah. kind of classic. Avenue, Avenue C uh, and maybe Ninth, Seventh, Seven. Seventh. Okay, yeah. well there you go. I think I was hammer drunk most times I went there, which is appropriate if you're going to Loverboy yes. or leaving Loverboy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he also used to work. I believe it was the Nomad. So prior to that, so he, he's very well versed in in high end cocktails. And he's, they opened uh, Mr. Paradise, I'm guessing nine months ago. Okay, so and brand new or relatively new. Yeah, so it's a really cool interior. Uh, it's got a heap of write ups recently in different like, time out and, and the likes. So it's certainly quality forward. But it's a really it can be a casual space. And again, it's that kind of connection that I've got with the area. Mm-hmm. He's a customer at 3C. That's how we met. And I've just kind of followed him to the bars in which he's worked. Uh, I think he's opening another one somewhere not far from here. So he actually comes and gets coffee at Got Charlie it. Street as well. So that's my drink. That's my dinner. What was the other one? Coffee. Yeah, Shit. I don't go for coffee anywhere. Three
0: seat espresso, oh, man. You man. Be, can throw
1: some love to three be, seat between Charlie Street and Three Seat. You're you? done. I don't really get to go elsewhere. And one of to touch on the content that I put out, uh, I want to actually curate a top three or top five list. And I know it's kind of done to death. As in, these are the top five places to go get a beer or whatever, I'm, I'm not, the
0: infatuations, yeah, like, but yeah. I'm,
1: I'm going to do it from a coffee angle. Uh, so, so many people ask me, where, where, do where you are go? you going to get coffee? Yeah. And I often, I've got a couple of go to's, but I want to actually spend time to go to these places and have an updated list, so to speak. Gotcha. Uh, One that I remember quite vividly is Black Fox Coffee. It's in Fire I've been there twice. They've been open, I would say four years, Uh, but they have a wonderful, wonderful coffee program. They often have guest roasters. They're rotating four or five different coffee roasters at a time. So it's a very dynamic coffee program. And I believe there's an Australian connection there as well, but that's got nothing to do with why why I like it. And I yeah, yeah, yeah. For it. I I actually don't. I don't know the ownership. I've just heard that there's an Australian mm. connection there. Okay. Uh, so that's probably my go-to coffee, but I need to go back again just to make sure that's good. But there I want to I want to nice. do a list of, you know, top 3 if you want to get a drip coffee, these are the top 3 mm. places to go. If you want a, a place to eat and have a coffee, these are the top 3. I want to kind of break it down and make it a bit right. more granular. So it's you don't go there expecting three or four exactly. awesome things when they might only offer one thing, but yes. it's the best thing that you're going to yes. get. So I'm going to kind of explore that space.
0: I, I think the it, what, what's so interesting about the last piece that you just mentioned is w- another one of the foundational ideas of this is what do they say is their thing, yeah. <laughs> not what do you expect yes. to be their thing. Yes. Right, It's putting the power of the narrative back in the hospitality givers hands Yes, and saying, okay, how can we make a contract with each other that like, if I come to Aaron's location, the coffee program is going to be on point. Oh, well, let me criticize the, the wallpaper, right? Yeah. You didn't say you're an interior designer, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. but I, I think that's an interesting yeah. thing. Now, what's really great about great content production and doing events and guess what? You're going to have 20 baristas in here in a day yeah, and talk about a little lead list. Hey, this is where I pour at, right? Exactly. This is where I do my work. And yep. now you have a kind of a list of 10 places that you're like, oh wow, these guys are really awesome. What do you yep. think is great yep. about those yep. places and sort of
1: network out, but. Yep. And I can go check them out and see. Exactly. But again, what my, what I think could be different from what you think. Surely. So you take it or leave it. I'll leave it. Yeah, I thought you would. <laughs> <laughs> last, last question, closing time. Mm.
0: When you've shut down the day um charlie street actually closes as well as three seat espresso a little bit earlier in the day it's not a like a 9 p.m shutdown it's kind not, of place
1: uh here's six o'clock and and three say five o'clock
0: what's what is something that you're like at six o'clock here or six thirty here yeah. 5 30, three seat what what's something that happens or, or a feeling that you have to say this was a good day today mm-hmm. was a really good day
1: yeah unfortunately a lot of it's dollars based okay and, and that's just being real and it's not it's not trying to be capitalist in any way but i think we we run such a tight or fine line when it comes to Profit profitability yep that if you see you've got a certain figure in your mind uh, in terms of what you want to hit yep um, then if you see that number then that's just a nice sign off for the day to say i'd I was justified in putting my heart and soul into today by the reward of that that money coming in sure because then otherwise you start having these these internal conflicts and dilemmas and shit we did so many things well today I re- there was nothing that went wrong per se at least from a customer facing perspective yep, yep. and for some reason we we were 30% down on what we just we, didn't hit volume what we thought it should have got and there's nothing I can really do tomorrow to change that right. from happening again. And that's a hollow feeling. But if you, on the flip side, if you get those numbers, then then it's justified in, in what you did. And then you try to rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, tweak, rinse and repeat, and try to hit those numbers. Cool. Um,
0: Good for you guys. I mean, I think keeping keeping the input of the consumer is huge. I mean yeah. brands that listen to what their consumers want after they've put that stake in the ground. Yes. Right. Those are the brands that just outperform over time. Because consumer cool. taste shifts and turns and tweaks. Yeah. Um yeah. And I, I, I love that I think Charlie Street is a reflection of a, a change in consumer consciousness. I'm yeah. really happy to see that you were one of the first awesome espresso bars I ever went to in New York City at three seat. I think uh having a lunch here and experiencing what it's like to connect the great espresso drink with the great food, nutrition, and a good story. Um, hats off to you, man. And keep the doors open, yeah? Aaron it. Cook, the pillar <laughs> of coffee
1: in New York yeah. City. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. I like that. It's got a good ring to it. Thanks a lot for having me. Of course. On. Thanks, sir. <laughs> awesome.
0: All right. Done. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap, folks. Boop, 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 boop. How do you feel? Oh, Yeah, what's the use, yeah? Never superficial, you gon' know it when it hit you, hit
1: a little center, pinner when I'm off the juice, yeah.